Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Episode 94 of our Dream Big mini-series covering chapters 10 through 13. What is this, part three of part one? It is part three of part one. <laughs> yes, you guys have made it. Well, not yet. you got to make it through the episode. <laughs> got to finish what you start, people. That's right. And now you're stuck. All right, so we are starting with chapter 10, 100 calls a day. Availability is your secret weapon. It's interesting because I never thought of availability as being something that you can use as a major advantage, but he gives example after example about how just making yourself available will provide you more opportunities. That doesn't mean overwork yourself or not practice a healthy no, but as in putting yourself in the right position to see things happening for you. I like that he clarified that right at the beginning of the chapter because I was like, I don't think I can make myself anymore (laughs) available. I can't be any more available. Yeah, so if you're thinking, I'm already too available, maybe you're not the right kind of available. Yeah. Back to that clean out your room kind of thing. So what is going in there? So he does emphasize the more available you are, the more opportunities will come your way. I know we hear about if you keep inviting someone over and over and they keep saying no, eventually the invites stop coming. So we don't want to get in that position, but we want to make sure we're saying yes to what we need to say yes to and know what we need to say no to. So obviously with this chapter, make sure you use discernment and make sure it's aligned with what God has planned for you before you are hopping on it. Yes, and for our Enneagram friends that lack the energy to be around too many people, too people-y kind of situations. Nines, fives. Yes, I just want you to know that there is value in it. Turns out that meeting new people gives you an opportunity to see other people's perspectives and if nothing else, you know, fuel that curiosity when people yeah. say and behave certain ways. It's kind of like people watching, but at a whole nother level. Yeah. you got to actually like level engage. Level. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I really love the story that I used from the Bible about how the two boys who gave their lunches and Jesus ends up feeding 5,000 people, not including women and children. So sure, Jesus could have done something else or grabbed someone else's food and made it happen. But because those boys, they volunteered their lunch, now uh, they're in the Bible. So when we get to heaven... We're, we're going to know, like, those are the two boys that gave their lunches up, which is really cool. Yeah. Had they not made themselves and their resources available, um, then, you know, they wouldn't have been a part of what happened that day. Right. So if you want God to use you, if that's your prayer, make sure that you're making yourself available, not only to the peoples on the planet, but also to God and listening for his call or that nudge. From the Holy Spirit. Yeah, if you needed a nudge, this is us, like, shoving you. Go for it. I really also like 
it was just two lunches. And mm. so a lot of times we think, oh, it's just me. It's just only this 10-minute block of time that I have to be available to meet with this person for coffee to talk about whatever it is they're wanting to talk about. But that 10-minute conversation could propel that person in the right direction. It could have given them the fire they needed under their butt. It could have motivated them to get to counseling or to um, repair a relationship, something like that. So you don't know how far that ripple is going to go. So your job is just when you feel the nudge, you need to do it. That's the Holy Spirit saying, do it. You know what? Stephanie Frentress's episode, episode 18, I guess it's probably like the last... Is it the last six minutes where she gives that story about yeah. the woman? Man, okay, episode eight, 18, people, go listen to it. Yes, I like what you're saying, Brooke, too. That, like, don't underestimate your resources when, like, Jesus is behind you. Because yeah. we got a pretty big God. Yeah, they might look small, but it's like TNT comes in small packages, <laughs> can do big things. That's right. So, not only do you need to be available to others and to God, but be available to yourself. Check in with yourself. Have those honest reflections. And it doesn't need to be a beat yourself up. But stop and like take a temperature check. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What do you need? Um, having self-awareness is important. But so is something he refers to as situational awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's knowing what's happening and what will happen next while remaining undistracted by either. And I kind of look at that, again, from a standpoint of anxiety, right? Sometimes anxiety can just stop you in your tracks and keep you from moving forward because you're so focused on what could happen next. But I like this situational awareness. You're not living in blind optimism. You're completely aware of what's happening in the present. Um, And you know the real reality of what could happen next but you are not being distracted by either he also gives the advice of writing down what you learned or something profound that day it could be anything he talks about how he emails himself every time he learns something and he gets home at night and he's got about 150 emails and most of them are from him and so I just love the idea that he keeps reiterating you've got to write it down how are you going to track your progress or how are you going to notice the little things if you're not logging it somehow don't trust your memory (laughs) oh man because that's not always accurate the babies took all mine you see that's i mean have a note going on your phone or if you want to email yourself but if that if you've got a million emails a day don't do that one Mm -hmm. maybe it could be like a voice memo something let's recap availability really quick do it being available doesn't mean you know wearing yourself out being reckless with your availability. And if you already feel stretched pretty thin, again, see what maybe you could cut back on, what's serving you, what's not, what's serving God, what's not, etc. Then the benefits of engaging with different people and making yourself available is it could help you with your ambitions. You could help them with theirs. It gives new perspectives and curiosity. You also need to be available to God first and foremost. And then available to yourself as well. It's quite the recap, Farron. I'm wondering what I forgot because I did not, in fact, write it down. Ah, yes. Write down what you (laughs) learn in all your available times with others and yourself. All right. Chapter 11. Yeah. This one's called Sea Otters. Super cute. Reminds me of uh, Finding Dory. 
Yes. When it's like cuddle time to distract (laughs) everybody. I love it. Yes. So it turns out sea otters hold on tight to a couple of people. Um, And this is going to be all about community. So something that immediately jumped to my mind reading this chapter, um, we've talked about it in our Get Out of Your Head mini-series. We've talked about it in Daring Greatly mini-series. But the point is the devil wants you to be alone in the dark with your thoughts and going unchecked. And it reminded me of a Harry Potter um, moment where Luna is talking to Harry and she's saying, yeah, if I were Voldemort, I would want you to feel alone too. And that went, that's when it dawns on him that he needs his team of people to help him. He can't do it on his own. Just like we are not meant to do it on, on our own. We're meant to live in community. Yes, and when you are thinking of your community, I would encourage you to not necessarily count the number um, you may need more people in your life, especially depending on what your ambition is. You might need people in a certain field just to help you down that path. But I would look at the quality yeah, of the people in your community. You'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. Oh my gosh. Why do kids not understand that? I don't know. They're like, I got one dollar and it's like a 20. And I'm like, I got five nickels. You want to trade? Yeah. Sucker. I, every time. Every time. <laughs> I don't really do that, people. But they will say yes. Try it. (laughs) Okay. But one way to build an authentic community, according to our friend Bob, is to get to know people better by having 12 real conversations a day. I like his tactic. And it's not just... So what he means by real conversation, he doesn't mean like, hey, Farron, how's your day going? How's the weather? That's all surface level. So he challenges you to think about what's the fifth or sixth question, maybe the 10th or 12th question you'd ask that person and just jump straight to that. So instead of me saying, Farron, did you have a good day at work? That's super surface level. I can dive deeper. Be like, hey, how's that project you're working on going? What's the next step? I'm procrastinating See? per usual. See, there we go. Deep <laughs> conversation. Now I need to. Now I know to circle back and be like, "Let's go, girl." Always, you're very good at that. <laughs> and he does, of course, caution to know your audience and yes, not just stranger on the street. Like, <laughs> dig deep with that. Yes, situational awareness. There, people. Yeah, it, but he does. If it is a stranger on the subway, or I don't know, we live in Texas. There aren't subways here, but stranger. <laughs> Uh, in the Walmart, Walmart checkout line, how did we both go there? <laughs> like, you start with some questions, and oh my gosh, the checker outers, they're always ready. They're always down mm-hmm. to talk. Yeah. But don't go too deep, because they will You know what? You. They've answered questions one through five already multiple times, yeah. so just go to question six. What are you having for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dinner. Real deep. Real deep. <laughs> There's a... <laughs> it can be. Okay, we break bread, and da 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 Okay, so (laughs) in this chapter, Bob also talks about how it's important to know your beliefs, to understand them, and to lead with them. So if you are in a position of leadership, which, hint, hint, that's everybody, you are leading some group of people, someone has eyes on you somehow, you are leading them. What are those biblical truths and principles that you are leading with daily? Is it love? Is it grace? Kindness? Truth? Any of that? Think of all the the fruits of the spirit or the whatevers that you need to be thinking about. Are you leading with those things? And do you understand what those look like, how that plays out and know why you're doing that? So if we lead with all of that stuff first, everything else is likely to fall in line. I think sometimes people overcomplicate 
making relationships or getting into a community, but um, he talks about just small actions, like you said, Brooke. Like, let's take kindness, for example. It could be a big act of kindness, but it could be just small acts of kindness and bringing joy to people, again, the fruits of the Spirit, um, over the course of time. And so he said small things can be both good and bad, and he gives the malaria story Mm -hmm. where he could have just taken, like, the five dollar pill and not gotten malaria but instead he didn't and then he got it and now he has two bad kidneys poor bob and then so that was a bad small thing that he maybe should have done but also in the bible it talks about a mustard seed is a tiny thing but it can grow into a tree over time which will provide shade and rest to those that sit under it so don't underestimate the small actions you can take that'll lead to your very own community of peeps so if you are struggling to figure out who you are take away what you're known for and the rest is going to be who you are so there was a period of time where I was all up in the coaching thriving and there was a time for me to no longer coach to the intensity and the level that I was coaching and I mean now it's like you three and you, it's intense in its own <laughs> unique way. And you six, I guess you six now. I don't know. They're and, old. Yes, older now. So I remember having the biggest identity crisis of like my adult life because I had always, always, my whole life been known for being a soccer player, being an athlete, like all the way through my whole life into my career. And one of my friends in my book study, again, power of community. We were trying to figure out why I was having such a hard time with this transition. And she was like, Brooke, I figured it out. It's because you're identifying as a soccer player. You're not identifying as a Christian. Like, that is your identity, is a child of God, not soccer player. And that was like a foundational moment for me to be like, I get it now. So, there's that. She's in episode 15. Yeah, um, I think that there could be some people listening, that their community of people currently um, are with them for who they are or what they do. Uh, Who they are as far as like a status, a public status, not who they are as in a child in Christ. So, Brooke, that was a really good story. Yeah, that that was a tough moment, but once that epiphany happened, it's like, wow, thank you God for Jenna, because that was, that was profound and I needed it, and she was she's a nine, so I, it may have taken her a little more energy to tell me, a confrontational person, so way to step up and get uncomfortable, because <laughs> that definitely was helpful. Okay, ready? Yeah, chapter 12. Finally! <laughs> finale! Okay, fine. <laughs> finale. Finally at the finale. (laughs) No, there's one more chapter. There's one more chapter after this. Okay. (laughs) Taking a genuine interest in others' ambitions can unleash yours. I really like this. I like this whole chapter, Dagnabbit. He talks about the whole reason this book got written was because someone took a genuine interest in him, in Bob, and was like, all right, hey. And in this whole chapter, he talks about how this book got written and what were the different levels he unlocked because of this friend who supported him through this whole thing. Yeah, so his friend was an author, and Bob hadn't really told anyone he wanted to be an author, and 
it's weird how uncomfortable you can get talking to someone who's doing it and being like, I, I kind of want to do it too, right? I think it goes back to that you, like, want to fit in, but you know, like, he's not an author yet, so it's like, I don't exactly fit in. I don't want to come across, like, I think I can do your job and all the things. But luckily, as it is in most cases... The author was like, you want to be an author? That's so cool. Do you need help? I, I can help you. You got questions? I'll answer them. Um, but yeah, I think the whole idea of we want to pursue something. God puts those people in our path. And then we get all like, oh, I don't want to ask them questions. So mm -hmm. again, that does that align with what God says in his character? No. That's coming from someone else. Right. So who could you be coaching up or rooting for or getting in their corner? And even just the simple, like, hey, if you get stuck, call me. It's fine. It takes – I already know how to do it. It takes me, like, ten seconds to show you how, and now you know, as opposed to you Googling for ten hours, and that, and you had to teach yourself when I could have just sat there and helped you. Again, back to skill sets. I really like the examples he uses, one in particular – uh, would be the Aaron Moses friendship support system. So Aaron took a genuine interest in Moses. Moses was a stuttering Stanley, was afraid to go talk to Pharaoh, and God was like, cue Aaron. And Aaron's like, hey, I'm here. And Aaron took a genuine interest in Moses. And time after time, throughout their friendship, Aaron was able to support Moses, and Moses was able to fulfill what God needed him to fulfill. Yeah, so Bob, you know, wraps up that great ex biblical example by saying that friends draw your ambitions out of you and make you feel safe enough to pursue them. And, you know, Bob's friend was giving him pep talks along the way, and I like the small gifts. And yes. That was fun. Oh, yeah. You're going to want to read that chapter. I really liked this one. Yes. Well, and I feel like we need to do more of what he did. <laughs> I feel like you already do a really good job at this, Brooke. Oh, you fairy. do. You do. You do an awesome job of bringing out everyone's ambitions that you talk to. Oh, everybody. A skill set I did not know I have. You do. In Thank fact you for have speaking it. life into me, Fairy. Yeah. So if you too want to hear Brooke's great wisdom, reach oh. out. That's what <laughs> she's here for. All Full you. of great dad jokes. Oh my goodness. I like the reverse economy that Jesus. Uh, that Bob refers to Jesus having. I'm sure Bob and Jesus know each other. But Jesus <laughs> talks about... They do. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus talks about this reverse economy, but Bob is highlighting it at this point in the book. Again, remember the whole idea is taking an interest in others to, in, to unleash your ambition. So in the Bible it says, if you want to be rich, give away whatever you have. And then, you know, this is a pretty common... Thing that most people would agree with if you want to be a good leader you got to learn to be a good follower and so then you can use that to help um you be a good leader yeah i think a lot of time people struggle with scarcity mindset like oh wait no i already wrote this book blah blah, blah. but or what you were saying uh, maybe a few episodes ago like what if chick-fil-a was like oh well popeyes already has really good yeah. chicken sandwiches yeah okay maybe <laughs> that's scarcity mindset because how many chicken restaurants are there how many burger restaurants are there so operating out of that mindset as opposed to hey man when when you succeed the whole tide rises yeah have you thought of like how many shirts have been designed in the world yeah but you don't want to design a shirt because someone else has designed one mm. crazy talk people no one's fewer than you yeah 
Okay, closing out part three of part one, chapter 13. Oh my god, a lot of things. <laughs> yes, hang on tight, you're almost there. Chapter 13, comparison is a punk. And those are Bob's words, not right. mine. We can tie our hearts together without tying our shoelaces together. I had a student do that the other day. <laughs> and they needed to come with me to work on some stuff. And they could not get them untied. And let me tell you, I do not untie shoelaces. Because most of the time they're untied and they go in the bathroom and they come out wet. And I'm not touching your shoelaces. Yeah. When, when you're in the fourth grade, you should be able, I would think. And if it happens in the middle school, you don't want them to take their shoes off. No. So I have Lots of problems. Take their shoes off to walk to my room. And then while I was teaching the group, they worked on their shoelaces. But the student was very apologetic. And I was like, I don't think you understand. It's a safety concern. What if there was a fire drill? Because they were also somehow tied around her desk. What? I was like, do you understand that Like, if there was a fire drill or something like... You might have panicked and been stuck, and it would have been this whole thing. So, anyways, I said, you tied shoelaces. You didn't punch anyone in the face. But, just so you know. Valuable lesson learned. Don't have to tie your shoelaces to others or inanimate objects. But just keep your hearts tied together. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good segue. Velcro shoes, people. That's all I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Oh, No one is immune to the comparison trap. I think it's important to identify it or know when it's creeping in or know, hey, this is probably going to trigger me into comparing with someone. So like social media, if that is a big comparison trigger for you, stop. Stop it. Stop that. (laughs) Just stop it or take a break. Yes. Just an example. I agree. And it's not like none, never, but I've heard a lot of influencers and successful people talk about how they don't get on their phones first thing in the morning. Um, Some have said they wait 30 minutes, an hour. Some have said that they create, like, all morning when they're, like, have their peak focus time. And in the afternoon is where they consume information. Because being an influencer, social media is a big part of what you do. But if you start by looking at what everyone else is doing and then go try to create, one, that's all in your mind, and so how do you create something original? And two, you start creating and you're remembering everything you just saw. So, um, I don't know that everyone needs to be on social media. But if you're like, I can't not be. Well, then try to be smarter with when you're doing it and the extent. And maybe there's just some people on there that you don't need to follow. Right. Um, I do like uh, the Bible reference in here, Ephesians 4.1. This is Paul. He's saying, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So what I think so interesting about this scripture, right, is he's calling you to follow God's calling. While he's in prison for following God's God's calling. calling. (laughs) (laughs) And so what that says to me is even though it might have not turned out to this lifestyle of the rich and famous for him... He's in this deep, dark place and still knows he made the right choice. Mm -hmm. He's still urging everyone else to follow. And that was the following or the calling that he received. Yes. So you need to do the calling that you have received. So that takes spending some time with Jesus, praying, seeking wise counsel, all of the things we keep reiterating to make sure you figure out what is the calling that you have received. And even if it's something similar, a similar gifting or skill set, You need to do it the way that you are enabled to do so. 
And there's a phrase too I like to say where it's like your battles will be someone else's blueprint. And so it's just neat to hear somebody who's been through it all in following God's calling, looking back at everyone else saying, come on, it's worth it. Follow the, follow the call. Mm-hmm. Follow the call. I think it's also important to remember that oneness isn't the sameness. We are all in the body of Christ, but we are not the same. We are not created the same. We are not copies of each other. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, it talks about one body with many members. So reading through that, that will be very beneficial. But there's one verse here where it says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not the hand, I do not belong on the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And then if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong on the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged all the members in the body, each one of them as he has chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Yes. We love the Rachel Hollis quote saying that you have fingernails, you are not in fact fingernails. So yeah, I like this one where it's talking about everyone has their own role to play. And so if a hand was going to compare itself to a foot and be all sad about it, that would just be silly. Because we need a hand, two would be great, and two feet, right? Yeah, what if you had four feet? (sighs) We don't need all of our body to be feet. That would be weird and not very productive. How would you eat? That would not be very hygienic. Would be... Anyway, that's a rabbit hole for a different time. Mm -hmm. I like to... um, I told Brooke before we started, I just want to read everything in this (laughs) whole chapter. One thing that just stuck out for me in my pursuits is that he says, don't worry about building a consensus around your idea, meaning not everyone's going to like it. So if you're pitching it to different people and someone's like, I don't really get it, um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And to stop asking for permission. I don't know why that resonated with me. Stop because you're a people pleaser. For permission. Maybe that's recovering why. people pleaser. Now, me and my husband talk about all of our goals and our ambitions together, and we're definitely a team in that. Um, but I don't know. To me, I think it's asking for permission to do it. And is it okay that I could fail, or is it permission to do something even though someone else is already doing it? So, um, I don't know, that just really stuck out to me, and maybe it'll stick out to you. Again, get a copy of the book, because we pull out the things that stick to us, and we believe that our audience needs to hear, Uh, but there's plenty left in the story for you. Um, And then at the end, too, he says, not to compare your path to someone else's, or assuming you have to do it the same way, that it'll rob you of a great adventure. And so I think sometimes we see like it needs to be like someone else, or we gotta do it that way. Because, again, there's comfort. Like, well, if this worked for them, if I follow these steps, it'll, like, guarantee me success. Or maybe it's, like, the only way you think you'll be successful. But as we mentioned, there are many ways to cook a hamburger or make a taco. That's right. Or design a t-shirt. And lots of success in those areas. And if God's called you to it, it's going to be successful in how he needs it to be. So... If you do have a setback or a failure, it's because you need to learn something that you're going to need to know later. 
So keep that in mind, too. And we'll talk more about setbacks in a few episodes. Yeah, in the uh, Mistakes, Trying to Be Perfect chapter 2, it talked about how when you make a mistake and the, like, starting all over, again, the mind shift phase could be to um, a fresh start, right? When you got to rebuild or go back to square one. Yeah, it's a fresh start instead of Mm -hmm. trying to force something to work that wasn't going to work. Yeah, I like that chapter, so I'm very excited about getting to that one. I like it. You. I like your face. I like your face. All right. Well, that was a fun way to conclude <laughs> part one. That's the end of part one. Yeah. Next week, we'll hit part two and see how far we get there. But that is episode 94. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. We help busy Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have happier, healthier lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.